0: Today on Gig Powers.
1: I wasn't so much reviewing books to get responses. I was reviewing books to get those thoughts out of my brain.
0: Much like the process of writing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You're doing it because you want to get all of these things out of your head in whatever way is going to get them out of there, whether it's... It's writing fiction, whether it's writing music. You just feel this urge to get this stuff out of your brain.
0: So, for you, self expression, that thing where you express your feelings and what you are that has to come out, came out as your views.
1: Yes, yes.
0: You are listening to Geek Them Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy Hasson, and you are listening to Geek Them Empowers. Geek Them Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people. It is us who make up almost all of the geek world by talking to each person, by hearing their story, getting them in pals, creates a huge, giant world-sized quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge geekverse quilt. And that becomes more obvious with every episode, becomes more true with every episode. If you're following the podcast, so welcome back. Today's guest is Andrea Johnson. I met her virtually years ago. Years and years and years, almost a decade. I uh, met her when she reviewed one of my books uh, then introduced me to a ring of other reviewers and they did a sort of review blitz where in two weeks or something something like two weeks Uh, they did something like eight reviews that reviewed the same book. So uh, that was something that existed uh, back then. Maybe it exists today. Andrea used to write science fiction and fantasy book reviews as Little Red Reviewer. Now she's got a new podcast called Retro Rockets Podcast. And in between, she does and did cool things for Apex Books, which, by the way, you should check out. When you listen to this interview, I think you'll be amazed at how honest, open, and exact she is in describing her thoughts and feelings. So let's listen. So what's your origin story?
1: Oh, good, that is a great question. Um, I was that kid that loved making up stories, that loved building anything and everything out of Legos, that loved riding my bike to the library in the summer and just getting out books on everything. There was a science museum about an hour away from where we lived when I was a little girl. And I asked my mom to take us there so often that she just bought a family membership. So it's, you know, you pay once a year and you can go to the museum as often as you want. And they had a telescope. So 10 year old me gets to look through this telescope one year, I don't maybe I was 10, nine, 11, I don't know. And I got to see Saturn through the telescope. So that combined mm-hmm. with, you know, getting sci-fi books at a library and making up stories and adventures for all my little toy dinosaurs to go on. Um, I just grew up as one of those people with a really wild imagination.
0: And how did that influence, like, your uh, everyday life, to, at school?
1: I think it influenced my life later, not so much in school, but later when I was able to chase my own interests, Um, like in college and after college, when you can just kind of follow your own hobbies. Um, I went to to college for product design, and you could always tell my prototype out of the group because mine was the weird one. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone else was making something that was a rectangle and mine was a circle or something. And uh, had a funny experience at work a couple of years ago. Somebody asked me, like, uh, you know, what was a a good business book I had read lately? And my response was Nine Fox Gambit by Yoon Ha Lee. I
0: don't know this one.
1: It's not a business book. Yeah. Not at all, but I learned a lot reading it, and it's a really great book. So <laughs> okay. yeah, I just I I answer questions in a really odd way. My my close friends and my husband are used to it, but it people that don't know me very well, it can take them by surprise. Mm-hmm.
0: And how do they react? Uh,
1: they're either intrigued or mm-hmm. they think I'm so strange that uh, they don't really want to talk to me anymore.
0: Really, that's okay. You I can
1: come off as kind of weird. It's okay.
0: No, no, it's not. It's not the weird thing. You know, the weird thing is normal among geeks.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh No, how people uh, react to it. I have, you know, I've also been different all my life, and uh, and there's something in me that feels like I'm an alien inside, you know, among humans and very different. And sometimes I don't know how people will react uh, to that.
1: Um, uh, I've run into that. It's uh, if I don't know someone real well, I'm just a little careful, mm-hmm. but something, something wonderful that I discovered when I started blogging and when I became really active online was how many regional science fiction conventions were within driving distance of where I lived, so I could hop in my car, drive for three or four hours, and be with my tribe of you know nine hundred other people that drove two or three hours to get there. So knowing that my tribe was there makes it makes it so much nicer. That's,
0: that's nice. That- For me, it was the same feeling. The first convention I ever went to, I thought, oh, you know, I'm home. I'm home. These are my people. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: It's very nice. So, but let's get there. Like, uh, okay, so you started reading a lot of stuff and uh, uh, Legos. And what happened next? Like, uh, what happened between that and the
1: blog? Oh, gosh. Um, Filling up a tiny apartment with books. Mm -hmm. Uh, becoming a fixture at the public library. Um, For a short time, I had, not a short time, I did that, I worked at this company for four or five years. I was traveling, um, not too far away from home, but far enough away that I had to stay in a hotel in a town I'd never been to. Um, And I would always ask the clerk at the hotel, hey, is there a bookstore nearby or is there a library nearby? And they're like that is not typically what people ask us for but yes there's a bookstore or there's a public library um you know i was always always a reader um always sharing recommendations even before i started my blog the little red reviewer i was interacting on bulletin boards um i was posting reviews on other people's websites so So how how
0: do you get to write reviews like Pardon? How do you get? How did you get? How did you switch or add uh, writing reviews?
1: Oh, um, I mean, I just, I just started doing it one day. Mm -hmm. They weren't very good at first. It took a lot of years to to of practice, but honestly, I just started doing it one day. You know, you you write a couple of paragraphs about a book, and that's how you start. You know, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about Mm -hmm. it? Was there a particular character that you really related to? Did you like how it was paced? Stuff like that.
0: And what's the difference between old reviews and better reviews?
1: Like, Um, I'm just a better writer now. Mm -hmm. My new, my... And, and to be, to be clear, my, my blog is currently on hiatus and I don't know if I will be going back to it full time. I ran a blog for 11 years. I think it kind of ran its course and that's okay. Um, But I look at reviews that I wrote in 2010 and 2011 um, when I started and they're not very long. Um, They're more like book reports. In book reviews like the characters' names are this and that and then this happened and the end was great and um I'm really proud of a lot of the reviews that I've written since I would say between 2017 and 2020. Um, they feel very me they feel very imaginative. Um, I use a lot of unusual metaphors that feel very real to me and That batch of reviews has a lot of that.
0: You remember one, like Unusual Metaphors?
1: Oh, gosh, not off the top of my head. Um, There was a space opera novel that came out maybe 10 years ago. It's called Faith by John Love. He hasn't put out much since then. Um, But... One of the metaphors that I used in the review, he a- he liked it so much that he asked me if he could adapt it as a phrase in another book that he was writing. Wow. And I said, of course you can. You know, they're just words. There's no copyright on them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's nice. So, what makes- it's,
1: you know, certain authors mm-hmm. bring that out in me. Um, Catherine Valenti brings that out in me. Uh, Martha Wells and her Murderbot Diaries books bring that out in me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Valenti was on the show. Um, yeah, when she writes lyrically as well. So, uh, yeah. What What makes a really good with you? Like, if we, what do you think?
1: For me, it's how did the book make me feel. Okay. You know, it doesn't matter what happened in it. it doesn't matter if the characters grew. Mm-hmm. It's how did the book, what what emotional reaction did the book get out of me? And if it didn't get any emotional reaction at all, that's telling too.
0: I love it that the answer is very precise. It's one thing, which actually means a thousand things, but it's one thing. That's I love it. So you began a blog and I know at least you started connecting to other uh, reviewers, right? So what's the process? What happened once you began the blog?
1: Um, I followed some really good advice online. You know, I I start this blog and and it's like, okay, how do I get a following? Because that's how you get hits on the internet as people know you exist. And the best piece of advice that I found online was Start interacting with other bloggers. Find other blog posts and comment on them. Start interacting with people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And it probably took me two or three years to get a following and do those things. Um, But I remember when I, the first two years that I had the blog, I would spend two, three hours a week interacting with other bloggers, um, interacting with people on Twitter, getting involved in little activities. Um, sorry if you can hear that, my neighbor's dog is barking. okay. Um, I have the windows open. So, and uh, I had a wonderful experience. I became a contributor for another website called the SF Signal. And part of SF Signal is um, reviewing books, interviewing authors, doing round tables, um, and which means you're emailing a whole bunch of authors. Mm-hmm. Man, I held my breath the first time I sent those emails. I was like, I am emailing famous people. What do I do if they respond? And they responded and they were all really nice.
0: And what was that like I, when you interviewed them? Was that voice or was, was that, was that uh, sending questions and getting answers?
1: Uh, what works best for me is, is over email. So, mm-hmm. sending questions and getting answers. I have done a couple of interviews over the phone, and transcribing that uh, takes forever. So, I prefer not to go that route. Yeah. Okay. And you survived. Now, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now, in the world of podcasting, we can just upload audio, and and it's fun and easy. Yeah.
0: Wait, let's get to that. Let's get to that. So how did people respond to your views?
1: Uh, It was really funny. The reviews that I spent a lot of time and energy on and tried to perfect hardly got any responses. Mm -hmm. And the reviews that I just, you know typed up whatever I felt like in an hour and hit publish, seemed to get a lot of comments and a lot of responses on Twitter. I wasn't so much reviewing books to get responses. I was reviewing books to get those thoughts out of my brain.
0: Much like the process of writing.
1: Exactly, exactly. You're doing it because you wanna get all of these things out of your head in whatever way is gonna get them out of there, whether it's it's writing fiction, whether it's writing music, you just feel this urge to get this stuff out of your brain.
0: So for you, self-expression, that thing where you express your feelings and what you are, that has to come out, came out as your views.
1: Yes, yes.
0: All right. And once you've stopped the blog, jumping ahead, you've stopped the blog, how
1: how does that come out? How do you express yourself? Um, I guess I got a lot of it out. There's not Mm -hmm. as much in there as there used to be.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Because... The thing is, the same thing happens to writers. There are things that are boiling inside of you and then you write and then after your first few books, you have nothing to write about. So you don't have to do by contract and you, you know you do technical stuff or you try to eat stuff up. Uh, but many people just said the thing.
1: And it's, um, yeah. you know, I started reviewing books in my 20s and all through my 30s. And, you know, that's a time in your life when you're trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my early 40s now. So maybe I've gotten to that point where I feel like I have finally figured things out.
0: Because my theory was different. There were things you had to walk through that came from your childhood that, that helped you. Like, the, there's a reason you connected to science fiction or fantasy in such yeah. a strong way. And it helped you with something. And maybe that's something the conflict in it got resolved.
1: That could be too. hadn't hadn't thought about it that way, and now I want to.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, um, anything else that has to do with your journey happened, like during your years and uh, doing uh, reviews.
1: Um, getting to getting to work with publicists was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um getting to, to hang out with people at conventions was really amazing. I made uh connections with Apex Magazine around 2013 and I've been a author interviewer with them on and off ever since. So just these incredible international connections that I've made, I'll I'll tell, you know, I'll tell my family, you know, oh, I was chatting with my friend and and you know, they they live in Taiwan or they live in Germany or they live wherever and My mom just, she's like, how do you meet these people? It's like, well, the internet is wonderful. You can find your tribe and they're everywhere and it's great.
0: Nice, nice. And what are publicists like? What is it like to work with a publicist?
1: I've had a wonderful experience. They're all just very friendly and they're interested in, um, if they're whatever they're, I mean, they have a job. Their job is to promote whatever list of books they have at that time. That is what they get paid to do. Um, if you, if you, whatever, so whatever questions you have about that book, um, whatever if you say, hey, I, I can't do a full-on review. I don't have time, but I'd like to promote a book in this way. Or is it okay if I just talk about how beautiful the cover art is? Or can I just you know, do a couple of tweets on my favorite characters? They're very positive. They're very friendly. I think publicists realize that bloggers work for free. Mm-hmm. So I had a very positive experience that anything anything I could do they were friendly and grateful and appreciative. And um, I mean, because of publicists, I scored some amazing author interviews. I got piles and piles of arcs. I was treated very, very well.
0: Very nice. Uh, okay, so how, how hard or easy was it to just leave reviewing and move on to
1: something else? Um I got very very burned out the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So the hardest thing was admitting to myself that I was burned out and that I needed to try something a little bit different. And once I once I was at peace with that, it wasn't hard, but I had to I had to become at peace with that that my brain needed something a little bit different. You know, you can sometimes you have hobbies that you're going to have your whole life. And sometimes you have hobbies that ebb and flow and you want to do different things. So I'm I'm still active on Twitter, I'm still active online. I'm just not not posting at little red reviewer anymore.
0: And so what is the process of what happened afterwards to get into the podcast?
1: Um, a friend of mine, my friend Andy Robbins, he's my partner in crime for our podcast. He recently retired from a very long career in public radio. Mm-hmm. And now that he's retired, he wants to do what he wants to do, which you should be able to do when you're retired. And last fall, he approached me about starting a podcast focusing on classic science fiction. Um he and I, we get together as often as we can, and we we drink beer, and we play with his dog, and we talk about classic sci-fi, and we have a blast. And the podcast is called Retro Rockets. We started our our very first episode went live in February of 2022, and we talk with bloggers, with writers, with fans, with authors, um, with other podcasters about well, I mean, the, the name of the podcast is Retro Rockets. We want, we're seeking to explore the deep heritage of science fiction and fantasy, but it's also me and Andy's podcast, so we can talk about whatever we want.
0: Very nice. Speaking of retro, it hasn't been published yet, but it's actually going to get published uh, after yours uh, for different reasons. So, there's going to be an interview, like I think it's one or two episodes after you, uh, with Gideon Marcus who takes retro to Oh, extreme. he does
1: Galactic Journey. He's ah, you great. know, yes. It's
0: unbelievable. Now I don't this know if you're the,
1: the
0: the the intensity of uh retro that you know. Uh, they watched all Star Trek episodes, of the episode that came before, the episode that came after, and the actual commercials that were aired at the time. Okay, that's, in the podcast,
1: that's a little bit can't more in, you can yeah. yeah, that's a little more intense than yes than what I can handle right now.
0: <laughs> and he reads newspapers according to the day. Back, to, you know, <laughs> I it's I don't really want to.
1: I I I love reading old stuff, but I. I, I don't want to do it 24-7. That's just No, I wasn't me.
0: recommending it. I was just saying there's different ways to do a retro.
1: Yeah, I'm very um, excited for his for his interview with you.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, all right, so how did you launch the podcast? This is, it's a podcast about geekdom, but also it's geekdom in PAL. So uh, uh, it's about how people find the way you did with reviews. How did you how are you getting the word
1: out about the podcast? Um, kind of the same way I got the word out about the blog mm-hmm. 12 years ago is uh, we created a Twitter account for the blog. It is at Retro Rocket Pod, just all one word smushed together. Um, we've got a WordPress site, retrorockets.wordpress.com. And I am very grateful for my Twitter following on my personal Twitter. I'm on Twitter at redhead5318 that I can cross post the Retro Rockets podcast and my friends will retweet it. I think it would be much more difficult to launch a podcast without having a previous following. Sure. Uh,
0: Which is what I'm trying to do. um so can you like tell a little bit like give an example of something that's coming out soon or just came out um that you talk about
1: um we just recorded and uh published a fantastic interview with paul Weimer, who is very active online Um, He's one of the podcasters on Skiffy and Fanny's show, also SFF Audio. And we did an amazing podcast episode about Jack Vance. And he is such an enthusiastic fan of Jack Vance. We got onto all these wonderful tangents of how um, Jack Vance's Dying Earth, what became the Dying Earth genre has Mm. influenced so many authors over the decades. Um, influenced Michael Moorcock, influenced Gene Wolfe, influenced Jeff Vandermeer. And it was just this wonderful, the end of that, I highly recommend everybody listen to the last 20 minutes of that podcast because it is a giant, happy squee-fest of Paul and I just listing off, we like, oh, and my favorite book is this. And yes, that's, that's influenced by, by Jack Vance and this and that, it was so fun.
0: I got stuck once actually on the podcast. I recommended Jack Vance to some uh, mm-hmm. of the taste. And she asked me what uh, which book she should start with. And I got stuck on that because sometimes you know they start well, and if, if it's a saga, it starts well and then it gets kind of messy. And sometimes maybe this is not for that person's taste, and sometimes this is too big uh which would you recommend
1: um it's great that we're talking about this paul and i also talked about this of i'm more well read in more contemporary books that were influenced by jack vance yeah. where paul was great at recommending jack vance uh, novels and short stories his best recommendation was starting with the moon moth which is um there's a a collection called the moon moth and other stories and there's also an audio play of the moon moth on starship sofa so if you do a web search for um the moon moth jack vance starship sofa it'll Mm -hmm. come right up
0: okay uh before we go one is there like an, an author interview that has something that you know stood out is something completely unexpected or different.
1: Um, I had the opportunity a number of years ago to interview Jeff Vandermeer, who is one of my favorite authors. And I, I remember just running around the house, jumping up and down, <laughs> saying, Well, my career has peaked. I get to interview Jack ba- or interview Jeff Vandermeer. I might as well retire now. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And I've had an amazing experience being the author interviewer at Apex Magazine. Um, I'm grateful to Jason Sizemore. He gives me a lot of creative freedom where I can I can write these very Andrea-esque um, introductions to the interviews. And I've gotten a really lot of a lot of very kind comments from authors that I interview that I just ask very thoughtful questions.
0: Very nice. Can you- like I'm trying to get like the the essence of one maybe, a thoughtful question. The,
1: the essence of I'm sorry.
0: The essence of like one of the one of uh, your questions or your interviews, or something that stood out for an author, uh, like a question he or she didn't.
1: Uh, um, I done. have an interview coming out shortly at Apex Magazine. Um, I can't yet say who the author is, but. Um, the story was about was about a parent working through grief and those types of stories really just just hit me in a very very emotional way um and this author that i interviewed is a a younger writer doesn't have any children yet Mm. so it was just really fascinating for two people with no children to have an emotional interview conversation about a story of a father going through grief. You know, how does someone with no children write such an emotional story? And I I find that I'm really kind of um, digging a little deeper into things. Uh, There's an interview that I did last year or, maybe earlier this year, time time has no meaning anymore. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the the story and the author. And the story was, um, I think the name of the story is If These Ragged Feet Won't Run. And it's about a woman with a newborn baby fleeing to safety. But also in this fantasy world, she's being chased by uh, a predator, and the predator also has an infant to feed. And one of my questions was you know, really bringing not only does this story have this amazing cat and mouse feel to it, where the predator is the cat and the woman is the mouse, but if you've ever watched a cat chasing and playing with the mouse, you're cheering for the cat. But in the story, you're obviously cheering for the woman and her baby. When do we, how come, how come when it's our cat chasing a mouse, we see the cat as the good guy? Doesn't that mouse have a baby at home too? And it was just this very, um, this story about what will you do to feed your infant? What will you do to make sure that your baby has enough food to eat? And and that w- was what our interview was about, it had nothing to do with, you know, it was really, it really was about the emotional impact of this story. It's like, okay, yep, there's a lady running through the wilderness with her infant, but It's also about when you become a parent and when you become a mother, there's nothing you won't do to feed your baby.
0: True. I have three kids, that's true.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. What, can you say what story that is?
1: The name of the story Um, is If These Ragged Feet Won't Run. And let me look up the author real quick. It is by Annie uh, Neugebauer. And the story was published in Apex Magazine in March, 2021. Gosh, just exactly a year ago. And it's still so vivid in my mind.
0: Sounds really powerful. I can tell you on a personal level, like when I was uh, 18 and the military, drafted me and gave me a gun. I said, I wouldn't shoot anyone for, even not even for self-defense because I can't decide if someone is more important than me. I can tell you to, and that was true then but I have kids now that's not true now I would save my kids I would kill for my kids and kill to keep me alive so I can keep them alive mm-hmm. uh yeah <laughs> that changes
1: Think, yeah. things change people change it's okay we don't we don't live in a vacuum and mm-hmm. we don't we're not it's uh you know, you always hear that phrase, uh, etched in stone. Well, people aren't, and our lives aren't, and every moment things are changing, so it's okay that we change, too.
0: Thank you so much to Andrea Johnson. I loved having her on the show. You can find all the links in the show notes. Now, by the way, we talked about our next guest, Gideon Marcus, which is coming up next week. And uh, when I laughed, it was not at all because I found what he did funny, as you will hear. What he does is so awesome and so fantastic, but also something so daunting and seemingly crazy and yet so naturally geeky that it evokes laughter that comes from amazement and shock and thinking, I could never do that. Anyway, the episode with him is freaking amazing. Stick around for that episode. What did you think about this episode? Email me at guy.hasson at com. That's guy.h-a-s-o-n at gigdominpals.com. comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The website is com, And on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, we're at geekdomimpulse. And on YouTube, we're called Geekdom Impulse. If you want to check out my other podcast, The Squashback of Diaries, It is a crazy experiment that's never been done before in fantasy and storytelling, so feel free to check that out. It's called the Squashbuckler Diaries. I will see you next time, and for now, have an empowered day.